I'm an optimistic person and I try to make the best out of every situation and I don't ever want people to feel sorry for me, but I also do think that there is a need for a better understanding in the public's eye of what actually goes on on a, on a farm. That's Dustin Melius. Him and his dad, Ron, run a farm in Slinger, Wisconsin. We're taking the podcast on the road for the second part in a four-part series, Farmers Have Feelings. Putting the men in mental health, this is Mental Health Monday. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. This is part two of four of the Farmers Have Feelings series to Riggs Off the Radio podcast. Initially, when I was doing research about the whole agriculture industry and mental health, I reached out on my Facebook page and asked if anybody knew any farmers they could tag or put me in touch with. The response was overwhelming. I got a lot of messages. A guy named Brian Holt in Elkhorn, who we'll meet in part three next week. An agriculture mental health advocate and farmer Jeff Ditzenberger from Madison, who we'll hear from in part four. And I got a direct message from this guy. Dustin Melius. I had to meet Dustin on a Wednesday because he informed me that Thursday that's his time for bowling. Which was awesome because I was like, wow, this guy takes care of himself. He's got self-care. He gets away from the farm once a week. I like that he holds that sacred. So I set my GPS to Slinger, Wisconsin and headed out to meet Dustin at his farm. I knew I was getting close when it went from a paved road to a gravel road. Gravel road. Chickens in the backyard, too. Chickens. They're just kicking it. What's that? So don't mind the chickens. Now, this is free-range chickens, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey. How are you? Good. Briggs, good to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, no problem. I, I assume that would be you. Yeah, it's just uh, me and my dad, and then we got a couple of part-time guys. Sure. Uh, that help with just the milking. All right. Like me and my me and my girlfriend and my son live here. Okay. And then my dad lives over there. So okay. exactly what you would expect a farmhouse to be. Nice, quaint, and no more than thirty feet from the front door of a barn. Easy access. So you got look like several different barns here. Uh, so like the the blue shed over there, that's the machine shed. So that's okay. where we store the machinery. You say machine shed, I think like deep fried food at State <laughs> Fair. It's the first thing I go to, but now. That's yeah. where all of the equipment is, right? Right. right. This is a dairy farm, so we make our way over to the cows, the heifers. And then, so, and here is where uh, we do the milking. All right. You're mostly dairy, right? Yes. So 800 dairy farms closed last year. You weren't one of them. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> how, did, how did you weather that storm, by the way? Uh, <laughs> that's a gr- really good question. <laughs> um, um, basically, just me and my dad are stubborn, and we love what we do, so we just... Keep on keeping on. Keep at it, yeah. Has it been tough? Uh, yeah. Um, the biggest problems that most uh, family dairy farms have is uh, the fluctuating milk prices and your feed costs um, because you don't have control of what you are going to sell your milk for. Who controls that? <laughs> Basically the government. <laughs> and uh, 
like you got your fuel costs and you got all these different expenses that you don't you're just at the mercy of you know everybody's out there to make their own piece of the pie yeah and you're stuck in the middle basically working as hard as you can to squeeze out your little bit of you know your couple pennies and there's no there's none left over for you know you, you got what you need but there's always things that you want. Yeah. Well, there's never no money for what you want. It's always just the bare necessities. Right. Where are we going here? Oh, is a cat? Yeah, we got lots of cats too. Oh my God, there's two here. Barn cats. Uh, this is my dad. Hey, how are you? He's, uh, how are you? I'm Riggs, nice to meet you, sir. He actually just celebrated his 69th birthday 69, yesterday. 69, nice. And he's been doing this his whole life. The whole life. You've you been at this location on this farm? Well, okay, I didn't grow up here, but I we right. bought we bought the place then. Yeah. You've been doing it your whole life, though. Yes. What's the biggest change you've seen in the farming industry over the last I know, ten years? What I think one of the biggest issues is, especially on a small on a small farm. You know, we milk we're milking sixty cows. A year ago, we were milking one hundred and twenty. Yeah. Well, the guys that are succeeding are the guys that are surviving are the bigger dairies because they can kind of spread out their costs and. Well, you used to be able to find cheap labor, like your Mexicans and, and sure. other illegals. Well, the, the good help is hard to find, so you appreciate what you got. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like any other business where uh, some people are just going to be here for the paycheck and they they don't have that passion that you have. The work ethic. Right. You can't teach that. No, and that's got to be. And like the next generation of kids, they would rather sit on a couch and play video games than to get off their butt and do some work. Nobody wants to work anymore. They want everything handed to them now. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Okay, in our situation, one of the biggest changes that we've seen is like 10, 15 years ago, see, we, ra we raised registered cattle. So... There used to be a market for overseas where they would buy heifers and embryos and stuff like this here. Okay, that market's dried up. So now the value of the cow has gone down. So we were living off of the fact that we could sell these extra animals to make a profit. Well, now that's gone and the value's gone down. And we should have been, at you know, go back 10 years ago, concentrating more on the milk paying for the, the oper our operation than we were on the cattle that we were selling. Yeah. And we can't turn the clock back and do it. You just got to go from now forward. And like uh, like you, Dustin was saying, the big boys, okay, they were buying land up, gaining more equity so they could do stuff. But they're still our, their toys are all bigger, but they still got the same problems we do. Right. You just have it on a smaller scale. Yeah. So... For us, that's our biggest problem, yeah. and you can't change that, and the price of the cows ain't going to go up, so you're trying to, like, we got rid of cows here because we don't got enough feed for to get through the year, so we got, you know, reduce that, but then you still got all your other expenses, that, and then you're dealing with, there's so many people that you deal with that you're to the point where you can't trust anybody anymore. So it's just you two out here, just you two running well, the whole operation for the most part, you and your girlfriend? Well, we've got part-time help here, but... Uh, about how many people are working here total? Well, what you have on the payroll here are... you got six different people, but they're not putting... They're just part-time. You can't pay benefits. You're not doing anything like that, right? Right. Another big issue that, that farmers face is you don't have your, your... You don't have decent health insurance, so if you get sick 
or something happens to you, you can't go to the doctor or to the hospital because you're going to be paying out of pocket an arm and a leg. Plus you're losing time here on the farm. Well, right. And if, if you're gone, nobody else is getting the work done. And then, you know, like with the mental health aspect of it, obviously my dad contest contest to that, but no, you're not going to, you don't talk to a whole lot of people and you've always just, you know, you're strong enough that you're not going to rely on anybody. So you just do your work, you get it done. Well, you know, if you, if you want to talk to somebody a lot, nine times out of the 10, there ain't anybody around to talk to. Yeah. If you do want to talk to, and you know, you don't have the money to go and go to a counselor or something like that. So you're at the mercy of just kind of being stuck inside your own head all the time. And with prices being as poor as they are, what are you supposed to do? It takes a toll on you mentally. How do you deal with the stress with that? So if you can't talk to anybody, how do you deal with the stress with that? What do you do? We actually, we both bowl one night a week. Yeah. Uh, we bowl on different shifts because we do two milkings a day, morning and night. Uh, so you always got to have, you know, you got the part-time people to help uh, cover the shifts yeah. of getting the cows milked. But you also need to have somebody else here to kind of supervise. Yeah. So when I'm bowling my shift, then my dad's here. And then he bowls the later shift and he doesn't have to be out here so early in the morning. So you guys kind of look out for each other. As good as you can, but you're still, you're on this never-ending treadmill and you're never going to get off of it. And you're just trying to figure out what to do. When do you pull the plug? What keeps you going? Is it because it's in the in the blood, it's in the family line, and you want to keep that going on? Is it the satisfaction of knowing that you're providing for so many people? Well, it's more the satisfaction of what you get done. Like if something comes up, these little problems that come up and you solve them, you know, you get that self-gratification for what you've achieved, you know. Found a problem, I solved it, I did it on my own. Yes. It, it's the little things that, like I said, we were in, a, we're in a registered business. So you're breeding to improve the cattle and everything along the line. But when you see the genetics and everything that improve, you know, you take pride in it. And, okay, you go to the county fair and the state fair and the expo. And, Have you won any of those? You had your fair share of the wins, the prizes, stuff like that? Well, in 2017, we had we sold her at uh, up at Madison at World Dairy Expo. That's the top show in the country, you know. Yeah. And she won there and went on to go all American. What was her name? The name of the animal, yeah. Brenda, is. Yeah. Thank you for talking with me. I may come back and grab you again. I got I got to go up and go back to doing book work. Oh, book work, right? Because you don't, can't afford to pay somebody else to do that either. So, so you're doing all that as well. But what it is is you got to get the stuff in. Because the 1099s have to be out by the end of January. Right. It's got to get to the accountant, and you got to have all your all the ducks got to be in a row for her to for the accountant to work on it. Let me ask you one more question, because you're the you're the dad. You've been here a little bit longer. What's one thing you wish people knew about your profession that people could do maybe to help you, or just a misconception that you wish people didn't have in the public eye? Because you're kind of isolated out here. What's something that you hear? Maybe a stereotype that you're sick of hearing that you wish you could squash, anything like that? Well, the one thing is, <laughs> I was in an accident with uh, one of the pieces of farm equipment. And uh, so you had the, the sheriff's departments there and the rescue squad and everybody else. And then while they're cleaning everything up, traffic's backed up, they can't get through. So then uh, the people are they're talking around there, them damn farmers. Why do they have to be on the road anyhow? Why can't they just go buy their food in the store like everybody else? You heard people say this? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, people are always angry at accidents. They always want to blame somebody. But you, I guess you want people to know that you're people, too. You're human beings, too. 
Yes. Yeah. And, okay, they see all the big fancy tractors and the machinery. They don't realize that's not all be, That's not all paid for. You're paying on it. All they see is the big fancy stuff that everybody's driving. And, well, we can't afford that. You have to go back 20 years ago now. And what you should have done then at that point to be where you are now, but you can't turn the clock back. One thing you can mention is, okay, I'm on Medicare, and what uh, they don't, uh, the younger generation doesn't understand where, you know, about the Medicare. Okay, so you're getting Medicare, but it only covers a certain percentage of it. So you still have to have insurance that you have to buy to cover what you don't have. And the more people that are going on Medicare, the more pay, the more percentages that you're going to have to out of pocket. You're going to have to pay to cover it. Thanks for talking. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm gonna have Dustin show me around. Don't worry about cleaning up. <laughs> Dustin leads me down into the basement of the barn, down a wooden staircase, into a big room in the basement with a bunch of big silver tanks. This is where actually the milking takes place. Do you have machines to do that? I do that all my hand. Uh, it's a little bit of both. The machines do most of the work, but there's a lot of prepping and and stuff Take that go on afterwards. So this is actually where the milk goes into. So you got your big stainless steel cooler. It's empty right now because uh, they pick up milk once a day. Who do you sell your milk to? It goes to family dairies. They distribute a lot of different cheese plants and milk plants and uh, they can, they're like an independent. So this milk will be used for multiple things, cheese, regular milk. What's the strong smell in here? Is that just the cleaner? This smells really like clean in here. Yeah, uh, you're, it goes through an acid wash every day. With your milk's, products your, your going your to- cycle is, you gotta rinse cycle to rinse the milk out of the line. And you got a hot detergent wash that goes through there. And then you got an acid rinse that cleans up the, your detergent out and then keeps the line all, gets the milk stone and everything else out. Yeah, the line, you got to pay for all this stuff. This is all stuff you got to pay for every day. Never takes a break, does it? I see some more equipment in the yeah, back that piques my interest. I'm really curious about the whole milking process. So. You got, like this is the claw. Basically, each one of these hooks up to one of the teats. Right. And then the machine will pulsate and pulse it, take it, it out. out. Nice. So what the people have to do is we... Uh, we use a, pre, a pre-dip iodine that you dip on the teats to get them clean. Yes, the 12-year-old and me giggled at teats, too. Then we go back upstairs into another room with more animals, it looks like. What was that? Uh, we got calves in here. Why is there a tag on each ear? I'm quite uh, I'm that's curious. That's their identification. Same one on each ear, though. Why two by both ears? I'm just curious. Uh, is there a reason for that or just how it is? In the registered cattle industry, that the each one represents... Like, you can just punch that number in, and then that brings up all the information on that specific calf. This is just one of the several barns they have here, and it's just full of calves. Just little baby cows. Well, the blue tags are mine, and then the pink tags are my dad's. That's how we know. Is there a lot of competition in the farming industry? Um, For the most part, it's more like everybody kind of looks out for each other, because if you're in the farming industry, you know how hard it is. So, like, our neighbors around here... We're always willing to help them if they need a, you know, if they need to borrow a cup of sugar, we'll give, we'll give them too. And if, you know, if they ever need anything, they don't, they know that we would be willing to drop whatever we're doing to, to give them a hand. So. You do the same way if you guys, if you're having a down day, do you guys talk to one another as far as your mental health is concerned? Like, hey, things are getting really stressed out here because you can understand each other maybe? Y- you would think so, but 
especially for guys, it, it's not such a big thing. It's not easy to, to talk to a lot of people. I, I feel like I do a better job of opening up more than like my dad, who's been in the industry for so long. I, I think that's one of my motivations for staying here for so long is he doesn't know anything but this lifestyle and he can't just retire he doesn't have that pension so i'm more concerned like what's going to happen to him if i decide to do something else because we're at that crossroads right now where i have to worry about my future and my family well he this is what all he's known and he doesn't have anybody else so i feel responsible for you know being being here for him because when i'm gone and the cows are gone what's he gonna do and he doesn't and he's not one that's just gonna tell you hey i'm having a rough day like you just go about your business and that it is what it is can you tell when he's in a bad mood or kind of having a bad day yeah you well like like today it's 15 degrees outside and most people would say oh man it's pretty cold when we had those three days last year when it was like negative 30 that was cold like when you can't keep tractors running because the air just sucks the life out of them. It makes for long days, and all you can do is just keep pushing through. You can't just, I can't just call in and say, ah, I'm not coming to work today. You're, you're it. You got to do it. So, thank goodness for your Thursday bowling nights. I'm glad you have something now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it does help. I mean, it, because, you know, a couple of my cousins are on my team and stuff like that, and they're not they're not in farming, but at least you can socialize with guys. You know, you can have a couple beers yeah. with the guys, and and that, that sometimes just is all you need. But even if you need to, they're there to vent, and or, you know, you can vent to them and just kind of get it off your chest, more to say. How about your girlfriend there? In, uh, your girlfriend, you said? In, uh... Uh, we, ju- we just had our, our son in March of last year, Jedediah. One of the struggling factors in, in our family is uh, there's not a lot of money to go around. Uh, you know, you got to pay your employees. And for me and my dad, you can't just take if there's no money. So my girlfriend works full time off the farm and works part time to kind of supplement because we, you know, we our son goes to daycare and that <laughs> is pretty expensive. And there's so many hours that are demanding here that I don't have to, I couldn't possibly work a job off the farm so i i rely a lot on her to pay for the bills how many hours do you work a week do you think it's about <laughs> not 90 to 100 every week every week all holidays every day you don't you don't take days off no when's the last time you took a vacation i have never taken a vacation people ask questions like oh you know where would you go or what would you do and it's, it's kind of hard to even visualize it because this is all you know. Yeah. I, I have worked off the farm for a little bit. What, ha- what happened was I would go to my nine to five job and then as soon as I got off of, of work there, I would come here and help my dad because, well, it, it was in my blood and he needed the help. So it was like, if you didn't come here and nothing got done, you actually felt guilty. Kind of like now, like, this is kind of our slower time of the year because you're not uh, harvesting crops because we make our own feed for the cows because they got to eat. So during the spring and summer and fall, you're constantly, you know, you do your milking and then you got to harvest your crops and do all that. Well, this is a little bit slower of the time, 
right now you're just focusing on like hauling manure and stuff like that well on a day like today if you're tired yeah you can take a couple hours off but then that's a couple hours that you're not getting stuff done and you feel guilty because who else, nobody else is going to do it and like later on down the road when it's crunch time when you got to get crops in the grounds and stuff like that then you then you think back oh if i would have been working all them times when i took a break we would be ready and then the weather never cooperates with you We've had some really bad couple of years these last few because it's either been really, well, mainly it's been really wet. And then like six, seven years ago, it was really, it was like a drought. And you don't have the money to go and buy, to have feed trucked in. Install huge irrigation systems to water if you have to. (laughs) If you had unlimited money, you could do a lot of things, but. Are there things, what is uh, like Farm Aid, what do do they do to help out farmers? Uh, There are government programs that supposedly (laughs) help. With air quotes, um, but, with quotes. <laughs> but when they say that, you know, in the public's eye, if they hear like a, a far, the farmers are getting bailed out, they think, oh, why is all this money going to these farmers? But we don't see any of it. You know, these big guys might see, you know, a couple, they might get a check that they can do something with. But when it, when it comes down to the small farms, you get like a check for a hundred bucks or something like that. And that don't pay for nothing. But they got, the public don't see that. They think it goes to everybody, but it's only going to the big guys. They get the big piece of the pie. Yeah, pretty much. That sucks. Yeah. So what would your plan B be? Do you know other guys that have a plan B that have gone under? Do you have friends that have farms that have gone under? The cows are there to one day, and the next day they're gone. They get auctioned off. They don't get they don't get the value that they should bring, and then they're forced to go work a, a nine to five and do something that they don't feel like they were born to do. A lot of farmers just feel like this is what. God was putting us on this earth to do, and you got to struggle every day at it. Do you know, I've heard of a couple farmer suicides. Have you heard of anyone that has taken their own life, or do you know anybody that has? I've known some people, not directly from our family, but from the farming community that have taken their own lives, and it's a shame. I mean, nobody should have to to deal with that. And there's, you know, celebrities and sports, sports, sports figures that get paid millions, and they only have to play one day a week or they go film a movie for a couple weeks and get paid more money than a farmer would ever have in his life and it's it's just not fair and I don't like and I'm not one to you know I don't want people to feel sorry for me because I choose this I could go work for good money but when my family has done this for hundreds of years it's in your blood it's in your DNA and nobody else is going to do it. These people, they want you to go buy your food from the store. Well, when all the farmers go out of business and the stores are going to be empty. You have to go hunt for yourself now. Good luck. Uh, yeah, I'll plant my garden and, and hunt my animals, and I'll be the only one eating. Right. So. Ever really go to Dustin's house for food, man. <laughs> right on. You think, are there any support groups for people in your industry, like farmers, or just like farmers talking to farmers, stuff like that, that you've heard of? If there are... They don't do a very good job of... Publicizing it? Yeah. If like, there was, do you think that'd be something you or maybe your dad would take interest in? I, I think that anybody that's struggling mentally, if they had access to that, should definitely take... It's obviously a, a good thing to make sure everybody's not depressed and thinking suicidal thoughts. Yeah. You seem to have a good head on your shoulders. I'm glad that you, you seem to be very open about your feelings and how you're you know, expressing yourself. I... You just, I, I'm, I'm an optimistic person and I try to make the best out of every situation and I don't ever want people to feel sorry for me, but 
I also do think that there is a need for a better understanding in the public's eye of what actually goes on on a, on a farm and what it takes. It's not just a regular business. It takes a lot of strong people to, to get the work done. And especially when financially it's not even worth it for the hours that you put in to get the little bit of money that you're getting. There, there's only a, there's a reason why there ain't that many people doing it. Are you in the black with everything? Are you kind of like breaking even? How do you feel like it is for the most part? In 2018, the milk price came up a little bit. You get paid on how many hundreds of pounds that you ship a day. And the milk price in 2019 at the end was $19 a hundred weight. At the beginning of 2019, it was $14, $15. And in 2017 and 2018, it was like $13. So break even is probably around $16 a hundred weight. So for those few years that it was so bad, all you were doing was burning up your equity. And and having the bills accumulate. So 2019 was one of them kind of a turnaround years where you could start paying off some of the the damage from the years before that. Are you in the green? No. (laughs) Are you ever going to be? No. But you you got what you need, and sometimes that's that's all you need. I mean, I, I feel blessed, and I don't have a lot, and I don't need a lot. And You're happy with what you got here. Right. And that's just the way I was raised. I mean, and if I need something, I'm going to work hard to get it. I'm not going to ask for somebody to, to hand it to me. What do you think? What's what's something that people could do? Is it shopping local? Is that like a good thing to do? Is it hitting farmers markets, stuff like that? That's probably one of the best uh, financially ways that would make an impo- impact on farmers like us. And I don't think that telling people like drink milk and eat meat is going to do any good because you know at the end of the day people are going to buy what they want and they're going to consume what they want and then that's fine and I am all for that if you don't if you don't want to drink milk I'm not going to treat you any differently because you don't drink milk what I want as a farmer is just the respect for what I do if we're driving down the road obviously we're not going as fast as most people would like us to go we want to get home to our families, so don't try to fly by or by us or put us in danger because we're not, <laughs> we don't want to be in the way. We're just trying to do our job. And I understand you might be two minutes late later than normal if you have to wait for me to get out of your way, but the sooner that we can get out of your way, the happier we'll be. And, and, and like <clears throat> these animal activists that like, make it seem like farmers are terrible people, that we treat our animals negatively. A lot of it's a, a, a crock of shit, <laughs> part of my French. I no, mean, you know, we see the videos that the public sees and we know that it's garbage because we love our animals, we love our land. Like, this is our li- livelihood. Like, if we treat our animals poorly, that's just gonna hurt our bottom line in the long run. And people, you know, people don't understand that and I, and I, would invite people to take the time if they wanted to come see this farm I'll, I'll invite them to walk around and show them how it is if they want to grab a pitchfork and shovel some poop you know see what it's like go ahead I mean we got nothing to hide we're just trying to make an honest living doing honest work you don't have to love us but just you know show an appreciation for the work that we're doing out here yeah.
What do you think it's some of those videos you've talked about? Do you think there's probably like like cops, like cops get a bad rap every once in a while, but there's one bad apple. There's probably one bad apple that spoils the bunch for you guys. One idiot, one asshole that treats his farmer, his animals bad. That gets circulated on the internet, and then everybody thinks that farmers are bad to their animals. Right, and the biggest thing, normally it's on a bigger dairy where, they, you know, like the owner probably doesn't do most of the work. He's sitting in his office writing the checks for all the labor to do it. Well, I'm not saying that he's not responsible because he is. He, he should know what's going on at all times if you're going to have people doing your work. But, you know, if you have a bad employee who's doing a poor job, uh, it's your responsibility to make sure that either you're teaching them proper protocols or that they shouldn't be a part of your your uh, farm, basically. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. No problem. I really do appreciate it. Take off my glove real quick so I can get a good bear handshake. I <laughs> yeah. appreciate it. Those are farm hands. His rugged farmer hands and my soft city boy hands shook one last time before I went about my way. Thanks again to Dustin for being part of this podcast. This has been part two of four, keeping the men in mental health. Mental Health Monday. It's the Farmers Have Feelings series. Next week, we're going on another road trip. This time to Elkhorn, Wisconsin with Brian Holt. He'll talk about the struggles he's had and how he deals with his isolation on a farm. Again, please share those with a farmer friend. Share away. Give it a rating in the App Store if you want to. That'd be great, too. And we have gotten pretty lonely on this podcast, so if you ever are feeling in a dark, lonely place, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255, or you can text the word HELLO to 741-741 for the crisis text line. Enjoy the rest of your day, your afternoon, your evening, your weekend, whatever it is you happen to be doing. This has been Mental Health Monday. It's a Rigs Off the Radio podcast. Remember, make good life decisions.